Hello, everybody. I'm Sean Bailey, Editor-in-Chief of Horses Mouth, and you're listening to our Hack Talk podcast, where we examine the latest cybersecurity threats we all face and discuss ways for you and your family to get safe and stay safe. I'm joined today by Devin Kropp, Assistant Editor at Horses Mouth. Devin, along with me, is the co-creator of our Savvy Cybersecurity Training Program and co-author of our upcoming book, Hack Proof Your Life Now, The New Cybersecurity Rules. So stay tuned because we have important news about a fresh cybersecurity problem many of you likely face with your home wireless network. But don't worry, we're going to tell you how to fix it. We also have news about the growing IRS tax identity theft problem and an important warning from Microsoft's headquarters in Redmond, Washington about their Windows operating system and their Internet Explorer browser. In our special phishing report, Devin is going to tell us about a warning just out from the government alerting people to be on guard against a new spam attack that involves the Social Security Administration and the IRS. Oh, and one other thing. Did you know that some of the most powerful people in the White House were hacked recently? Yep, but not President Obama. We'll give you the rest of the story shortly. Plus, as always, we'll have tips to share that will boost your cybersecurity. So let's get going. Devin, good to see you. Good to see you, too. Let's start out with the biggest news coming out of January, and that has to do with a fascinating front-page report from the Wall Street Journal. And it has to do with the wireless routers in people's homes. Now, we always recommend to people that they keep their home wireless routers on the most secure setting. That's not what this is about, but let's start there first for everybody's benefit, Devin. Explain to our listeners what we mean by that recommendation. Right. So basically, we want everyone to make sure they change the default username and password that comes on your router. So you don't want to leave the username as Linksys123 or whatever came with it. You want to log in and change that. You also want to make sure that the encryption on your router is set to WPA2 or WPA. Um, A lot of them are set to WEP, which is not considered secure enough anymore. That's the kind of default one that people often That's the old default one. So if Uh, you have an older router, probably more than five years old, it's mm -hmm. probably set to WEP. Um, So you definitely want to upgrade that. And if your router doesn't have WPA2 available, um, you should probably just go and buy a new one at this point because that's the military-grade encryption encryption that people should be using. And what we're trying to do is keep people from outside of our house to be able to peer into what's going on on our network inside our home. Right. So the encryption basically codes everything that you're sending over the network. So an email or if you log on to your online banking, that encryption is helping keep that information private from someone who's logged into your account or hacks into your router, basically. Right. Okay. So that's that's what we always recommend. Everybody right. be sure to get on the highest security settings for your router. But now the Wall Street Journal revealed something that most of us had no idea was going on. Tell us about that. Right. So they found that half of the routers being shipped out to consumers are not running the most up-to-date firmware, which is basically the router term for software. Um, and what that does is leaves these huge security holes that a hacker could get into. Once they're into your router, they can see everything you do over that network. So every device that's connected to it is at risk, and any communication made over that network is at risk. And this hasn't been exploited yet, but obviously this is a huge hole and huge problem. 
And so the Wall Street Journal found that all these are going out, being sent out to consumers without the most up-to-date software. Is that all wireless routers? They saw, they tested 20, I believe, and over 10 of them had this issue. And there were different brands, the more popular ones that people get. And the issue, again, is that it is not the most, the software on the router that people are using to connect wirelessly is not updated. It's an older version, and it has security holes in it that need to be patched. Exactly. Like any software, once a hole is found, they they update a new software. But these routers aren't alerting people to update the software that's on it, so no one knows to go and do that. You have to go and actively do it yourself. Okay, so now this this is a slightly tricky part, um, but it's not really... It's going to sound worse than it actually is, right? Mm. But how are, what do people need to do then to get the most... It's easy on your computer. It says time to update your operating system. You hit a button and then you wait and this stuff happens and it's not so bad. Uh, and, of course, updating your software is a major recommendation that uh, for cybersecurity that, that security experts themselves say is among the most important thing that they do to stay safe. But the general public... We know about 50% of people, I think, don't tend to update their software. And so now this is an example of something that absolutely needs to be updated. Right. Um, And so let me preface that every router is going to be a little bit different. So if you run into problems, you just want to Google search your router and update firmware, and you'll get more exact instructions. But there are basic instructions for every router out there. First part, and like Sean said, this is going to sound complicated, but it's not. I've done it. Basically, you first have to figure out your router's IP address. That's the scary term that no one mm-hmm. wants to hear, but it's it's not that bad. Your default IP address can be found by going onto your router's website. So if you have a Linksys router, go to linksys.com, type in the model and make of your router, which you can find by flipping over the physical device, and that will tell you the default IP address. So if you haven't gone and changed that, that's what you'll use. Copy and paste it open a new browser, hit enter, and that's going to pop up your router homepage almost. You'll then be prompted to use your username and password, which you should have already changed from the default to to log into it. And then at the top right-hand corner, there will be your firmware and the version that it's running. So you'll want to write that down, um, then go back to your router's website with the make and model and see what the most up-to-date software that is available for it. If they don't match... Um, on that page, hit download software, uh, then save that to your computer. Then you have to switch back to the IP address page. Um, and there will be a tab, depending on your router, it's usually security. And from there, you'll see another button that says update firmware, update router. You'll hit browse, find that software that you just saved to your computer, run it. Uh, you'll see the progress that it's making. When it's done, the router will reboot. Um, and then you'll be able to see at that type, top right-hand corner where you originally looked that it's running the newest router. And again, they're not going to notify you every time a new software is released, so you'll want to check every couple months or so to make sure that there hasn't been a new one out. Right, because we know, and this is you know one of the, as we got into developing this program, Savvy Cybersecurity Training Program, and then our book, Hack Proof Your Life, uh, one of the big things uh, that we learned is that uh, um, there are these huge security holes constantly being found in all of the most popular uh, software programs uh, that we use all the time. Uh, and so we're going to talk about, a little bit more about that in a second, but just to finish up now with the wireless router, um, 
if that sounds a little, if all that stuff sounds a little bit too complicated, uh, it, again, it really isn't. Um, but for the first time you go through it, everybody seems to have that uh, the tech person in their life. You may want to um, call on them for help, or as as Devin uh, recommended, for any of these things. If you do a search on Google, um, there's just amazing amounts of information out there that can be of assistance as well. But Devin, um, now let's move on to news from Microsoft because it relates to um, this aspect of ups- updating your software as well. What's going on? Definitely. So as of earlier in January, Microsoft is no longer offering support for Internet Explorer 7 and their operating system, Windows 8. Um, so if you're running either of those, you need to pretty much update immediately at this point because they're no longer be sending out patches. If there's a hole, it will go unpatched and you're open to multiple attacks. So if you are running either of those, you'll need to update Internet Explorer to the 11 version and then your operating system to either Windows 8.1 or 10. Or switch to 10. Right. Yeah, now this uh, last year we were digging around on this issue and this, of course, is a very big security problem uh, for both... Uh, Institutions and in government, uh, nonprofits, and in the business world, a lot of people are still running Windows XP. Even, yeah, right? right. And the point is that Microsoft's not supporting it anymore. Security holes are still being found. Hackers are taking advantage of them. And by the way, when we say that hackers take advantage of these security holes, they do something, Devin, that's called a, a drive-by download is a common, right. common thing. So what does that mean? Right. So if you're, say, you're still running Internet Explorer 7, there's probably now already an open hole. And hackers go and they find that and they find code that they can basically push onto your network once you visit a site or even just maybe open your Internet browser at this point. Um, and that can either download malware onto your computer, spyware that will watch everything that you do to gain all your personal information, a lot of different things. So it's definitely bad. Um, and one thing I want to say is if you're a Windows user but you don't use Internet Explorer, you use Chrome or Firefox or something else, you still need to update Internet Explorer because it's still by default on your computer. Um, and sometimes people think, oh, I don't use that, so why do I need to update it? You do because just running in the background, they can still do those drive-by downloads or any other kind of attack to get into your network. So make sure you do that. So updating your operating system is a little bit of work, um, but the browsers, a lot of people don't realize this, but the browsers update when you simply just close one out and open it again, the updates will um, They should, as long as, yeah, as long, by default, most of them are set to automatically update. So if you've gone and changed that for whatever reason, then you'll have to do it yourself. But Windows is usually pretty good about notifying you when there is an update available. But people, you know, hit postpone or want to do it later. But for this one, you should definitely do it because it's already been a few weeks without them running support. And there's patches pretty often. So you'll definitely want to get on that. And you make the point about people keeping their browsers open for weeks on end, right? Right. And I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. But most of them, you should get a notification even if it's open that there's a newer version available. Uh Um, And what's important to know is if you update your browser through, you see that and you have a million tabs open, you don't want to lose it. If you update it that way, when it relaunches, all those tabs will open it up again. So you're not going to lose mm, you know, right. all the pages you're visiting. Good. So that's not an excuse. <laughs> I just noticed this morning uh, when I opened my uh, Chrome on, uh, on my MacBook Air, a little message appeared across the top <laughs> saying that they were no longer, Chrome in a couple more days would no longer be supporting um, any of the uh, Microsoft uh, OS X operating systems up till 10, I think. So I've not updated them. Right. I have to be doing that. So, 
Okay, good. Um, so it's still cold and mostly dark here in New York City, but the light is lasting a little bit longer each day. And that means spring is just around the corner. Good news for everybody, but it also means tax time. Not so good. So, Devin, there is a strong connection between tax season and identity theft. Tell us about that and why we're thinking about it now as we move into February. Right. Well, interestingly enough, a report came out yesterday from Krebs on Security, who's considered one of the security expert bloggers out there. And the FTC saw a 47% increase in identity theft complaints from 2014 to 2015, and they attribute that to this tax fraud problem. Hmm. So it's obviously a huge problem out there, and right now it's actually Tax Identity Theft Awareness Week, and it's this whole program that the FTC is putting on to put awareness out there about this problem. And what happens is other people will go in and claim your tax refund check, and you might think, oh, well, they don't have my W-2, so how are they going to do that? All they really need is your Social Security number and your name, maybe your address, um, which obviously is on millions of databases that have already been hacked. Uh, and the reason they can get away with that is the IRS typically isn't checking the W-2 against the refund. So they're sending out all these refunds without getting confirmation from the W-2 that it's the right person. So you might go to file your taxes, and they'll tell you someone's already filed these and the refund's been sent out. Yeah, this is an amazing thing that we uh, became uh, cognizant of over the last couple of years as we developed the Savvy Cybersecurity Program. The idea that the government really never matches up your W-2 to how much they're paying. It's basically on a uh, honor system, right. in essence. Um, and so, as you're explaining, people steal Social Security numbers and they create fake W-2s, I guess. Is that right? They don't even that? really... Yeah, just they just fill in the information that they want. And uh-huh. Since, you know, the IRS, I think they have... 21 days to get the refund out from when you file it, mm-hmm. they're under a time crunch. So mm-hmm. if they're not getting the W-2 from employers in time, they have to sit, just send it out right. with right. blind trust, I suppose. Right. Yeah, yeah. So um, so that's become a, a big problem. Uh, I think there was like $5 billion last Something. year it, yeah, that the billions, IRS gave, away, gave out to fraudulent returns. Billions of dollars. They, they have been getting better about it. Um, I mean, there's definitely still a good amount, but it's been lessening in the years. Right. It's still in right. the billions, though. Right. Yeah, Now I, I understand. I believe that the IRS says that they stop as much as 95 or even 98% of all attempted frauds, right. but still $5 billion worth of frauds nonetheless are getting through. Right. A lot of these criminals who are doing it are filing more than one. So they're mm-hmm. not just going to get mm-hmm. a $2,000 return. They're maybe doing 50 of those. So the numbers are really high. For that, and the IRS is stopping a lot, but there's still so much getting through. Right. Okay, so now on to our phishing report, um, which also involves the IRS and Social Security, Devin. But first, uh, just to be sure everybody's on the same page here, when we say phishing, what are we, we're not talking about going down to the river, are we? <laughs> no, a phishing email is an email that's fraudulently sent out impersonating a legitimate person or a company designed to trick you into either clicking on a link that will download malware or sharing your personal information with someone who you may think is, say, the Social Security Administration, but is really a hacker in another country. Right. Okay, so we got a notice from the Social Security Administration about phishing. What was that all about? Yeah, so they've seen a surge in phishing, a specific phishing email targeting pre-retirees, I suppose, um, and... It appears to come from the Social Security Administration, and at first glance, it may look legitimate. The subject line of this particular email is get protected, 
um, and it's telling taxpayers, we have this new program from the IRS called Safe Act 2015, and you should enroll in it because we'll monitor your credit report and make sure that no one's using your social security number, which sounds great. And then there's a link that you can click to sign up, except the Safe Act of 2015 doesn't exist, and it's a phishing attempt. Um, and there actually are a couple of ways you can tell that it's a phishing attack mm -hmm. from the email. Um, but first, if you go, if you were to click on that link, malware could be installed on your device, or maybe you get to a fake social security page and you enter your social security number, your name, your address, your birthday. That's mm. everything that someone would need to steal your identity. Um, but yeah, back to the email itself, um, you can tell from a couple of reasons. Um, the savvy cybersecurity program that Sean and I created. One of the principles is called email, and that right. means examine message and inspect links. Um, right. we'll so get we're not talking about yeah. sending the email. <laughs> yeah. We're using the acronym email because it's easy to remember. Examine message, which means, in essence, what, David? So in this particular instance, uh, just reading through the email itself, the grammar is really poor. You can tell that English is not the native language spoken here. So that should be your first sign that something is off. And then... To further that, to examine the message, you want to see who is really sending the email because these fishers have the capability of spoofing the from line. So in this case, the actual email was no reply at ssa.gov. So with the .gov, you would think that that's legitimate. But if you hover your mouse over that mm -hmm. or click the expand button, it will show you an email address that is not a .gov. It's a .com. could and be it's, anything. It has nothing, yeah, nothing right. to do with Social Security. So you want to look at that, and that's the examine message part mm -hmm. of the acronym. Mm -hmm. And then the next part, of course, is and inspect links. Inspect so links. Email, yeah. examine <laughs> message, and inspect links. So what's the inspect link? What's that so, all about? So yeah, specifically in this email, the inspect link part would save you from falling for this because if you, again, hover your mouse over the URL um, in within the email, which, you, again, what you would suspect would go to the Social Security website. It doesn't. It goes to a .com, random.com website. So right away, you should know this is not the right email, this is fake, and you should delete it immediately without clicking on anything, replying to it, or anything like that. So the um, when you say hover over the URL, that means take your mouse pointer to where any of the links are in the email, right. and you'll see the little bubble pops up, and that's when you can read the true destination. Right. Because, so, yeah, sometimes they'll even put, you know, instead of having a hyperlink text, like click here, it will, it will say a website, www.ssa.gov. But still, if you, again, move your mouse over it, you'll see that it could be, you know, social security spelt wrong, a .com, just something that's not the right, right. website. Right, right. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. So, um, all right. Uh, now, you may have noticed uh, a lot about this episode of Hack Talk involves the government. And it's not always like this, but we've got one more crazy hack talk item involving the U.S. government. According to Motherboard, a technology and science blog, top government officials, including the nation's top two spy chiefs, have been hacked. Now, how did that happen, Devin? So there's been this teenage group that likes to call themselves Crackers with Attitude, and they've made it their mission now to kind of hack into all these government official accounts and either embarrass them or change where their phone is going. Um, now, is it their government accounts or their personal accounts? It's been personal accounts in most cases, I believe. Um, I don't think they've actually gotten into any government database at this point. Um, it's more of a bragging rights kind of thing that mm -hmm. we're seeing. Mm -hmm. um, but in this particular case, they 
hacked into John Holdren's account. He's Obama's senior advisor on science and te- technology. And it's actually pretty interesting how they did it. They found his wife's email address on one of the databases that they had access. One of the previous hacks. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sent her an email pretending to be him and asking for their Xfinity password. And she, thinking that it was her husband, sent him that. And so they got into his Comcast account, and that's how they wreaked havoc there. So the government's top science advisor was emailing his wife in the middle of the day, asking for the Xfinity right. password right. for their uh, account at home. And, well, you know, what can you say? She she fell for yeah. it. The email was obviously spoofed. If she had known to, she probably thought the message might have been legit. But anyway, I mean, if she'd have opened it up, because there was no link involved in the no, particular yeah. one. But she could have expanded uh, the from field right. to see that it's kind of odd that my husband is asking me about that. I yeah. mean, you know, it's unfortunate. And uh, it just goes to show uh, that um, that really it's a lesson for all of us uh, because sometimes the hackers are really one big step ahead of everybody. Yeah, yeah. They've used a couple different methods to get into these accounts, including calling customer service of Verizon and pretending to be this government official. And based on poor security there, they're able to get in and then from there can get into all different kinds of accounts. So it's definitely a problem. And uh, so in addition to getting the CIA director, the director of national intelligence, they also got, uh, I believe, the um, White House chief of staff. Yep. The White House communications director, um, a, a deputy FBI director. Yeah, the FBI's executive assistant director. And um, also somebody, and a deputy secretary of state. Sec- a deputy secretary of state right. and a deputy national security advisor. Right, so the list is pretty long at this so point. So the crackers, crackers <laughs> with attitude uh, really, well, they really um, showed how vulnerable people can be. But again, we will point out there was no government um, uh, high security information right. that uh, was was leaked or hacked. Uh, this was um, people's personal accounts yeah. that were uh, penetrated. Um, all right. Um, so, uh, Devin, let's just do a few um, quick hack talk shorts. Uh, first, the most popular password for 2015. What's going on with that? So, once again, uh, the most used passwords for this past year were pretty bad. Topping the list were password and 123456. But there were some newcomers to the list this year, including Princess, Solo, and Star Wars. So, I guess thanks to the Star Wars movie that just came out, people were inspired. But don't use those as your passwords. Right. That's making the hacker's job so, so easy. Right. And again, this is uh, one of the key, uh, one of the key things we focus on in um, our Savvy Cybersecurity Program and and also in Hack Proof Your Life Now. Uh, Everybody's got to have super strong passwords no matter what. Uh, That's just um, uh, the only way you're going to be secure going forward. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was some news out from Google about uh, the possible future of passwords. What is that all right, about? Right, yes. Yeah. So Google and Yahoo are separately working on eliminating passwords in the future. And their methods are similar but a little bit different. So Yahoo, which uh, they presented this at South by Southwest last year, they kind of want to take this two-factor authentication idea and just make it your password. So anytime you logged into your Yahoo account, a code would be sent to your cell phone, and that would be your one-time password for that login. And every single time you logged in, you would have a new code sent to your account. Mm. So essentially, you don't have a password to remember anymore, and 
the hackers don't have a mm-hmm. password to guess. Google's is a little bit different. They use an app. Um, so anytime you would log into your Gmail account, you would get a push notification again on your phone or iPad, mm-hmm. and you would accept it there. And then on your computer, you'd be able to log into your into your device. So again, no, nothing to remember there. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and this is just uh, some experiments that they're coming up with, or yeah. prototypes, or, or are we really going to be seeing this? Yahoo has started testing it with a select amount of users to see how it worked. But again, I think they're still working out. Mm-hmm. Whatever security issues may come from this, and they haven't announced it to the full public yet to try. So we'll probably see in a couple of years, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, in an upcoming episode of Hack Talk, we'll get into the whole password right. manager thing, which we think is probably the best uh, solution mm-hmm. for people to stay secure. All right. So um, what about the upcoming Super Bowl? There's a cybersecurity issue there too. Right. So. With most big events, uh, officials will worry about cybersecurity surrounding the area. This year, they believe that there is a risk of an attack affecting the fiber optics cables around uh, Levi Stadium in San Francisco. So that's something to look out for. Um, could be another blackout possible. We don't know. But hmm. All right. So, uh, well, if hackers come to the Super Bowl, <laughs> hopefully, they'll, hopefully they'll wait until after Coldplay's <laughs> halftime show. For me, at least, I want to be sure I see all the TV ads. Yeah. All right, Devin. Um, last but not least, we need to warn people about their need, yet again, to update their software. What are the big security patches announced in the last few weeks? Uh, so I think the biggest one is probably Apple. They released a new iOS for their iPhone and iPads. Um, and this one is actually pretty big. Sometimes people think these iPhone updates are just to make it look nicer. Or but, yeah, things with your photos. You exactly. Use. But mm-hmm. there are really big security problems. Uh, one of the vulnerabilities patched in this particular update, which is iOS 9.2.1, um, closes a hole that could create a fake login page that looks maybe like your iCloud mm-hmm. login, and mm-hmm. they get that information. And this has actually been an issue since 2013 that Apple is now just patching, so don't delay in updating that. Uh, that's, a, that's a huge thing. Um, and they also released updates for... Yosemite and Mavericks, um, and Apple devices, as you know, they'll prompt you to update automatically, um, but you can also go to their website to mm. find them and download them yourself. Mm-hmm. Adobe also released some patches this month for Acrobat, PDF Reader, um, and Flash. The one for Flash closes 19 different security holes, mm. and one of them was being exploited in the, in the public right now, so you'll definitely want to go and update that. Flash is notorious for having a lot of issues. So that's one software that if you need to use it, you should always keep it up to date. Don't wait. Um, and the updates for Acrobat and PDF Reader are also considered critical. So again, if you haven't been propped in automatically to do that, go to Adobe's website and just make sure you're running the most up-to-date one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks, Devin. Well, that does it for this edition of Hack Talk. I'm Sean Bailey, Editor-in-Chief of Horse's Mouth. Thanks for listening.